This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Right from my city, yeah, you know that's how I roll. Love from my people, yeah, you know that's how I flow. We excellent, excellent, we rockin', rockin', we rockin', driving, we driving, shining, we shining. Great day. Welcome to She's a Genius. Today we have with us Tony Jones. Tony graduated soon cum laude, majoring in psychology, studying neuroscience combined with her own life experience of being a married wife to being a single wife. She created a wellness brand that integrated her expertise and experience to help women wife their life through conscious well-being. She was recognized by the state of Michigan as a Women's History Month honoree for her affirmation album. She innovated as a wellness tool for women. Her service is to work and speak with ambitious women to restyle their work ethic by giving them applicable tools and practices that integrate right into their everyday demanding lives. Tony believes that the new era of women's leadership is evolving with the core requirement of personal well-being. Welcome, Tony. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate having this platform to share you know, how I show up in the world for women. And we are so grateful that you show up the way you do. I mean, let me tell you, your album, woo! (laughs) I can't wait to get you on here. (laughs) You said what? (laughs) I couldn't wait to get you on the show to talk about your album. I had to jump right to it, Tony. (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad I get to share. Mm. How you feeling today? How are you? I'm feeling so good. I'm feeling so much gratitude. I'm just, I just can't believe how good I feel in this climate right now of our, of our country and of our world. I'm just so grateful for my emotional and mental state. And I know it's not because of, all the cute self-care and self-love to be able to serve in a in a whole and true way, you know? So I'm feeling really good. Absolutely. I love how you word that and the way you conveyed how you're feeling. I can express similar sentiments, you know, gratitude is a recipe for healthiness as well as happiness. So Absolutely. I as well am grateful for just full being. And I'm so happy mm-hmm. that you're in the space you're in. Now, you know, we got to really get real, real. Are you ready for that today? Girl, I live from that space. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking the truth. So, Tony, you have a story that, you know, maybe many don't know that has got you to where you are. And, you know, as an entrepreneur in itself, that comes with a lot of responsibility, a lot of sacrifices. But even in your personal life, mm. you have shared and conveyed that you went through some stor- some storms. You went through some 
challenges. But right now, it was to help build you to be a voice for so many people across the globe. Who is Tony? So, um, yeah, I'm, who is Tony is like an ongoing journey. I don't even know the totality of who she is today. But I'm, mm. I'm, on, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting hot. You know, I'm like getting closer and closer to like knowing her more. And now that I know that self-discovery and self-awareness has no destination, it's a journey. It's like I with my the process of like when I feel sure of myself and when I don't feel sure of myself because I'm forever evolving. Right. We all are growing mm-hmm. up in the church. Predominantly, the women were, you know, moms and wives and caretakers and then when I came across the Proverbs 31 woman I was like oh my god this is my destiny I need to be a woman (laughs) and do it all and be it all in God's name you know and so Uh I, I fell in love with that model of womanhood and so when I got married young I was married for eight years it was the craziest lesson ever and so after eight years of marriage and no kids I got a divorce and I swear it was the best decision I ever made in my entire life. Like, that's my number one. Wow. My number one, okay? And I, I really, I have made some bad decisions in my life. But it's like, I think at t- sometimes we need to give ourselves, like, an applause for the good decisions that we made that really changed the trajectory of our life in the um, so after my divorce, um, I walked into a society that glorified the independent woman. And I'm like, who is that? <laughs> what what she mm. look like? You know, I was like, right. my only skill sets really were like, stay a virgin till you get married and believe in Jesus so you don't go to hell. I had no real life practical skills that would help me navigate the shock of becoming a responsible adult. And so... I knew I wanted to be a fashion, so I started, I moved to New York, um, and I'm fast-forwarding this a bit, which, you know, all the, you know, the long-windedness, but um, I moved mm-hmm. to New York. I was homeless there for three months, trying to pursue my dream of fashion. I ended up working in the fashion industry as a stylist, and um, it took me some time to realize, like, yo, like, this is... Fashion and styling is fulfilling a talent, but on a purpose. And Homegirl went and did an album, you guys, that will brighten your life. You know, just the affirmations of that confidence, that courage, and being able to know who you're able to be. Tony, how did this album come about? Like, what triggered you to go ahead and say, you know what? I'm going to do Affirmation City. I'm going to be honest with you, like... It, it's, it was a c- accumulation of things. I really got tired of my the clients and the women in the Wife for Life community just having the lim- limiting belief of I don't have enough time to heal and I don't have enough time to, to be well. I was just sick and tired of it, not as impatience towards them, but just really the frustration of our society enslaving women to validate themselves through activity and production and all of doing all the things for kids, businesses, society to be this empowered woman. You know, I was just sick of it. And I was like, what can I create that can help women enroll into saying, you know what? Healing and well-being is actually possible. 
actually do have the time to do that. And I, but I also wanted them to do it in a way that it integrated in their on the go lifestyle. You know, I wanted them to enroll into mindset and well-being and healing in a way that they can do it while they work out, while they're with their kids, while they're working, you know, making candles for their business. You know, whatever the case may be, I was just like in meditation and prayer. And I got the idea affirmation album. And then I was talking to a friend. I was like, I'm thinking about calling Mm -hmm. it. Uh, affirmations for the grown ass woman, you know, and or for a grown woman. She was like, no, stay with the grown. I was like, really? I was like, it's kind of like risque. She was like, no, because it's really <laughs> emphasized like grow up because I feel like even as Christian women or non-believers, women like we do a lot of clean up. Like you tell us some how to's. OK, this is what it means to be a Christian woman. Or oh, this was it means to be healthier. This is what it means to be a good mom. Like we'll clean up and we'll do all the things. But it's no growing up. We're still addicted to some certain emotional patterns that our great great grandmother passed down. Like we're still addicted to certain mindset beliefs. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, what can I help? Or right. How can I contribute and create something really dope? that integrates into everyday women's lives, that helps them get some tools, some words, some conversation about enrolling their mindset, their soul and spirit into growing up and maturing the way that they perceive themselves and perceive life. And so I went to California for a month back in 2018 and I wrote the whole album. And all I did was I combined like all of the notes and thoughts and concepts that I've had over the years. And I created those tracks. I wrote down the tracks names and then I filled out the lyrics and I gave each um, track a frequency and, and a color because there's power in that. Again, I'm a psych psychology major. So I mm-hmm. understand the importance of repetitive mm-hmm. messaging on the brain and how influences behavior. So again, going back to the creative process of creating an album, I knew that every track had to have like a, a color. Like, does this track feel like orange? Does, does this track, what is this personality? Who is she? Like, you know, so I was very intentional creating this track to where when that woman pushes play, it activates everything. It's like the feeling, yeah. the vibration, yeah. the soul of each track is undeniable. And so, um, yes, yes. Can yes, I tell you my favorite song, my favorite track? Yes. Can I please tell you? Oh, the whole album. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the whole album, because it does just what you said, it just activates everything you know and what I love about it is depending on that day that space whatever is going on I might be in a different mood you know like Noah's Bay that's my track you know or healing in your heels sometimes I need to just heal hear that reinforcement you guys what I'm saying here names of the tracks I mean just the names itself just is affirming you know and just cute and chic and modern and I love the fact that you really just kept it uh, relatable and you had a good music along with it. I mean, my favorite one is wow, the whole thing. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. I love that so much. I really did not know that I had this gift. I did not know. I didn't know. And then yeah. 
doing that really helped me see, oh, oh, I get it now. You know, huh. I was like, oh, huh. I didn't, I didn't mess yes. around and found something out. You know, because I wasn't trying to wow. do something yeah. different. Like it was the first time me doing something without doubt. You know, and I discovered that right. I have right. that intelligence in music. You know. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and part that really resonates with me is the fact that so many women across the world, like you said, you want them to be able to listen to it as they go from day to day or whatever they're doing. But I'm thinking back, I remember when I was first got um, learned about your album, it was like the end of last year and I played it, a piece of it for my mother. And I was like, mom, you got to hear this. No, no, you got to hear the next track, too. So we listened to it at her house. We're grooving and getting into it. And then one, one of the tracks that stuck with her was Work Ethic. And she was like, you know, I really like that one. Play that one again. During that time, my stepfather was battling stage mm-hmm. for cancer. And my mother was a full-time mm-hmm. caretaker. Bless his soul, he went on, you know, to rest in heaven mm-hmm. in January, you know, but during that time, I believe it was like November, that really spoke and affirmed and mm-hmm. helped my mother, you know. So I'm saying it to say that your pain was not in vain. Your experiences weren't in vain. The reason why we went through this story and shared that, you know, it has led you to where you are today because there are people across the globe you don't even know that you are being used to uplift and encourage in so many different spaces of their life. Just in this call today, we talked about healing from a divorce and relationships and relocations and caretakers. I mean, what you've been through has been profound to be able to heal so many people. And I just want to say thank you for being strong and standing tall in doing this assignment. I really got me in tears, girl. You got me in tears because you, yeah, girl, 2019 was a rough year. And I I lost Um, my sense of value and identity because it was like, was a tr- it was a series of events that happened in one week and I um I realized like what is you know I'm valuable to the world but how am I of value to myself like and my, my whole identity no. was wrapped around being valuable to others and it was very mm. it felt good you know but it was just like well how am I how am I able to be a value to myself? Like, what does it look like? And when I realized like how much I gave of myself to everyone that I love. So I had a bit of a career identity crisis. I moved to Baltimore girl. And that's a whole nother story. That's like on another day, moved to Baltimore. Then I finally moved back to Michigan and the reason why I moved to Baltimore is because I fell in love, but then it just went downhill. And when mm-hmm. I, I, and let me just touch on that a little bit, because I just felt led to touch on it. 
I, the guy I was dating was a successful DJ, like celebrity DJ. And, um, he was culture. He was the first black man that I dated that had some money and had some culture mm-hmm. and had some spirituality. Oh, I was like, I done lucked up, you know? And so I'm, I'm, right. you know, I'm thinking like, this is what I've always thought I deserve, you know? So right. I was just caught <laughs> up in the brand of who he was. Take the time to really learn who he, who he really is, you know? And mm-hmm. so he, he offered, he, right. And so girl, so he ended up offering me, he said, listen, I'm in a bit of a legal trouble. Um, I'm going to have to be the case. And he said, but I know fashion is not something that you're really into doing for a career. He was like, let me pay for your education. Um, you take care of my mom in Baltimore because she's, you know, she's doing physical rehab for her knee. So I was like, okay, let's do it. I ended up taking care of his, taking care of his mom for eight months. She was the meanest woman that I've ever met in my entire life. Okay. Oh man. I'm washing, I'm washing her. All up. money ain't good money, huh? Right. I'm washing her up. I'm cooking her breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like, because I loved him. And I, I, you know, but it wasn't just because I loved him. He actually had an agreement, you know, like he would pay for my education and he would give me right. income. Right. And so I never got a dime during that, during that time. Um, it ended up becoming just an agreement because I love him and um, the promise of marriage and all of these other things. And then he told me, it got to a point where he was just like, yeah, I don't know if you're the one. And I was home. Huh. So that at that point, I went home. I went back home to Michigan and, you know, just tail between my legs, just like, what am I doing? And it was the first time I saw myself because I'm like, for the past 10 years, all I've been trying to do is trying to partner with someone, partner with a man, make a relationship with a man work, because that's all I know. My relationship culture was marriage. So when you get with somebody, you make it work, you know? Right. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know the process of like getting to know someone and taking your time. It was like, if you love and your heart is there, you go hard. Right. So when mm-hmm. I came back home, I started substitute teaching. I was in the, I was in the classroom after school and I Googled manipulation. Because I felt like this man had been manipulating me, but I was just, I didn't have the emotional intelligence to really understand because my heart, I was leading from my heart space. And so, um, girl, went down the rabbit hole and came across narcissistic personality disorder. And when I came across that and learned the traits of people who have that disorder and learned the traits of the people that they prey upon, I said, oh my God, that's me and that's him. And right then I knew that I wanted to go get my degree in psychology. And I knew that I wanted to be, I I knew I did not want to be a psychologist, but I wanted to be a psychology entrepreneur. And so I went hard. I was obsessed with getting like an A, no less than 90 on my assignments because I was learning like if like we don't get a manual or instruction book on how to be a human being. We don't get like, you know, but psychology and neurology, neuron science gives you some type of navigation and on like how you actually operate in this body. And so right? you know, I was learning right and I was learning about human behavior and the chemical balance. And I have and to what, pause you real quick on that, Tony. Yeah. I know it's getting good, but 
you just touched on something very critical. The fact that we're with our human bodies every day, but that's the least touched upon area. If you're not studying science as a profession and everything that people are dedicated, devoted the time to learn about, about how our brains are working, every part of our body is how it's functioning. So what you just said is very profound in regards to really understanding and taking the time to know the body. Sorry, I had to highlight that. No, that was it's not, no, it's okay. I, I I welcome that, you know, because when I get to talking, I get to talking, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, that was like, and I think that just helped me understand how much the body, the the brain, the like the heart, like how much of a genius of a physical being it is. It's just a brilliant creation, yes. and it's complex. Yes. But when you study the the content, the education, the science, and operations of how it works, it really puts you on game on how to navigate it in a healthier way. You think about anything with some instructions, you navigate it better, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to school, got my degree, got my degree, and I knew I wanted to start a brand that combined my story and the technical knowledge that I learned from, um, you know, my academic career. And I said, um, what do you know, what what do I want to call it? And God gave it to me. It was wife comma. It was womanhood and full empowerment, which is the acronym of wife. And comma meaning that it's continuous, like just because what you knew about being a a woman, being a wife in 2015, it don't mean that you can you can't learn more like everything that I know now in this year right now. I'm so objected to being wrong because I know that there's always infinite potential for truth and revelation and knowledge. Right. So. I was like, oh, it's going to be called Wife Comma. So this year is the first year that I've transitioned the brand from Wife Comma to Wife Your Life. And so, um, you know, I spent years building the brand, talking about self-care, talking about wellness. But it was very challenging and still was, you know, up until this year, you know, challenging to get the independent woman, the the woman's empowerment space to understand like how mental health and wellness and well-being is important. And now that, you know, mental health and self-care and self-love has become trendy, it's given me more of an expansion and exposure to say what I've been saying all these years, you know. Right, and so right. as of last year, um, I hit a brick wall, though, as soon as I okay. released that. Well, as soon as I released that album, um, all hell broke loose, and it was. Oh a whole no! Thing. Let's pause yeah. there. Let's yeah, pause was- there because I want to get into that, but I got it. I want to touch back on some things you talked about as I listened yeah. to you. You know, first and foremost, you know, just the experiences that you've had and your ability to be transparent about that is very appreciated because I'm sure listeners across the world, even myself have had some opportunities times where you can relate to what you shared, especially as it relates to just relationships. And, you know, and you're like, man, he is the one I know it. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then it has people say blinded by love, yeah. you know, and not really seeing before your eyes, what's really happening and what's really going on. Absolutely. But you also was talking about when you went to New York, you were homeless for three and a half months. Mm-hmm. Now, from where you are now in the space you are today, but looking back at Tony then, how did that come about, Tony? 
Why were you homeless? Um, because I was living out of my car. I had, was living with family at the time when I was living in New Jersey. And <laughs> that did not work out. You know, it was a very strict household. Um, it was a family member's husband that was running the show. And um, good guy, good person. It was just like the tone he was setting the household wasn't like I wasn't with it. And so I ended up moving in with another friend. And, act, you know, I'm really like New York really teaches you work ethic. Like if you don't <laughs> get, go out and get it, you're not going to get it. Like, period. You don't eat, you know. And so. Yeah. Um, so I was staying with a couple of friends and God bless their hearts, you know. Um, but they were just like, yeah, you know, we got a friend coming in this weekend. But I could tell it was just like, yeah, we ready for you to go. And mm. I, at that time, I was safe, trying to save money to get me an apartment. So it was just like the timing. I was like, dang. But I was so at the time I was so like I didn't have any concept of boundaries or speaking my truth. So it was just like mm-hmm. once I got an inkling of that, I was a, in any bit of an inconvenience. Like, I accommodated you 100%. Like, you know, so I was just like, I'm just going to leave. And so I, I slept, out of my car, slept out of my car during that time and just kept working, you know. And I'm working with, like, John Barbados, um, Alexander McQueen, Gucci. Like, I'm, like, Cuccinelli. You know, it was just, like, it was so many different things that I was exposed to that I was just, wow. like, wow. Like, fabrics and wow. lifestyles. And then I was taking a train back to Journal Square to Jersey City to take a shower and go back in my car. And I'm telling you, the amount of shame and just (sighs) loser, like I just felt like it was just like all of these things coming up for me. And I had to say this, I had to say to myself, like, this too will pass, you know? So that's essentially like why I was homeless. Like that's the kind of like what happened and why and so and I asked you that, you know, with p- purpose, and I thank you for being so honest about it because I can imagine it may not even be the easiest or thing, the easiest conversation to have because it's emotional just hearing you talk about it in regards to like going from the people you're working with and then coming back to working in your car and nobody really knowing. What's you're going through? I, I mean, did anyone know you were living out of your car? Um, I told my parents probably like two months in. Yeah, I told them two months in. I stayed at a hotel some nights, but they were just like, come home. What are you doing? Right. right. Like, what do you do? It's not like you don't have one. I'm like, but I right. was really committed to proving that I could create a life on my own. Because for so long, I believed that I needed to do it um, with a man, you know. And so, you know, when I, when girl, when I got that opportunity to create a life with another man, I hollered that independent woman like, you feel me? <laughs> but I, I wanted to at least prove to myself that I could possibly do it. I ended up remodeling the bathroom in the kitchen to reduce my rent by $300. And I was able to, the landlord let me to reduce it additional 22 I mean $200 because I remodeled his um his bathroom and his kitchen and all um, I, I used materials from the dollar store 
So get so, out. So, Are yeah, you serious? Yeah. So I was I was making it work, girl. <laughs> Man, it sounds like it. And that's another point of why I wanted to touch on that was the fact that you use what you had, you used your gifts and talents from within and you made it happen and you didn't quit. You didn't give up. And I hear many people share about that struggle in New York, whether it be the robust, uh, fast life or just how expensive things are, or just, you know, so many stories about how you got to be tough to make it through New York and you didn't just get up and quit. When it got tough, you didn't just leave, but she made a point to say, nah, I can get through this. And you became resourceful. And now you're able to speak about it today and to be able to encourage another person wherever they are. They don't have to be in New York, but the fact that they are able to get through whatever it is. Absolutely. Now, looking back, though, would you do the same thing or would you do some things differently? Um, I would have did things differently. I would have definitely okay. different. I would have came home. I would have definitely came okay. home. I think pride and ego is a real thing, you know? And so um, with being so young at the time and so inexperienced, I didn't really have, um, I don't know, I just didn't have any pride in practical thinking, you know? It was very naive. Mm -hmm. It was very, like, zealous but it's just like, if you look at things on paper, like what makes the best sense, you know, it's like you do not have to choose suffering to create your life. Like, you know, so, but it, but at the same time, you know, everything has its pros and cons. Right. But I learned so much, you know, from that experience. Right. So it was like, if I would have just retreated home, which was something that I practiced, was just going home to get right. rescue. I would have never learned personal accountability. I would have never felt the the conviction and the 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 conviction to show up in my life for myself. You know, and that really taught me a valuable mm -hmm. lesson that it's not about like not needing anyone. It was just about not having self pity to where it paralyzes your own competency to take care of your life. You know. Right. Yeah. And that sounds like it's not only beneficial for you, yet again, for someone yeah. else, because you went through it. So because you went through it, your story can empower somebody else and just take from that. And what I was sharing, even to your point of not quitting. So whoever's listening, pay attention to what Tony just shared. You know, she didn't quit. She didn't give up. And she persevered and she learned a lot. But through that, looking back, she said she would have came home. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, like she said, the pros and the cons of, okay, would she have learned the experience that she needed to to be able to get to where she is today? Or the same notion, being able to still come back home and still build and grow. But it was there was a point and a message. There was a whole undermining reasoning for what she went Absolutely. through. And in life, we learn every day. We learn every day with lessons and things that we go through. And then now then just looking at your brand of being now a woman who is standing in a space to empower women and know, as you said, wife, comma, you know, is more to life than just that. And as you look back and you share, you know, you was looking in the Bible, Proverbs 31 woman being a virtual, virtuous woman. 
can you expound upon now that transition of now being a wife, single wife? So, what does that um, mean? Well, growing up, Proverbs 31 was like the epitome of like what a woman is like, you know. And so for I feel like in the Christian world, that's like Miss America, you know. And so um, mm -hmm. every pageant that I was in, that was my talent to rehearse Proverbs 31. So I've been such a fan of like conscious womanhood and multifaceted womanhood my whole life. And so when I created the brand, the brand gotcha. really came from that scripture because, you know, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing, you know. And so it was just like, oh, he okay. that findeth a wife. It's like, you know, you have to you have to embody a wife like a man doesn't create that status for you. A marriage does not create that status for you. You have to embody that type of womanhood. And I believe being a wife has more to do with your status and your womanhood rather than your status and uh, with a man, you know, a relationship status with a man. And so what is the Proverbs 31 woman? The Proverbs 31 woman is conscious. She's she's very conscious about the food, the products, her spending, her financial responsibility, her contribution to her husband, what what's healthy for her, for her community, be an example to other. I mean, it's just she's so well-rounded, but it's this it's this centeredness, this right. groundedness in God that is attractive. And the beginning of that scripture, I believe it's um, King Lemuel's. I forgot the name of the king, but it's his mother talking to him like, listen, this is what kings do. Like, so right. who can yeah. find a virtuous woman? Right. So it's like they're setting up, setting up the past just to say, hey, fellas, if you want a king, if you if you're going to be a king, this is how king moves. You know, they they go for virtuous women. They go for women who are already wives. You know, so for a man that finds a wife, he's already finding a woman. I'm not saying she's perfect, but there's something that he sees about her that is whole that can make him that much more whole. You know, and so that's being a being a single wife has everything to do with like, how are you cultivating your womanhood? Not perfecting it, not fixing it like it's something broken, but you're activated. You're curious about your own womanhood, about your life. What is the happenings that's happening in your internal world of who you are, your behavior, your trauma, your mindset, your limiting beliefs and so on? Being a married wife is a woman who has, has a marriage but she's interested in who she is as an individual, not just her status in a marriage. She's she's interested in her relationship with herself, her relationship with the most high, her relationship with her hobbies, what makes her feel good about her life, because she knows that the a marriage is only as healthy as the two people that are in it. So if she's healthy with herself, guess what? She's going to be that that marriage is going to be that much more healthy. Right. So the whole concept of Absolutely. wife in the the wife, your life community is just about women being committed to that intimate relationship with themselves. You know, it's, it's a lot of women who are committed to their relationship with God committed to their relationship with work, committed relationship to their kids. And I just think the divine, divine is calling us. God is calling us to believe what he has said about ourselves. He's, he, he gets it. Y'all believe in me. 
Y'all committed. But what, what does it look like if you don't believe in yourself? If you don't love yourself, you know? Wow. So would you say, you know, and I'm a firm believer in being able to awaken a genius within oneself, awaken the gifts of talents within oneself. So when you say God says, you know, focus on me, put your attention on me. But when you are loving yourself, you are loving him. When you're looking inside of yourself, you're looking at him because you're taking care of this vessel. You're taking care of what he is giving you. You're becoming educated on what has been created and you're able to look within oneself to really learn and know what it is that you were created and yeah, supposed I, I to do. I believe uh, I wrote somewhere. I forgot where I, I might have wrote it in my journal, but I remember when I got when God showed me like the ultimate form of self love is being able to look in the mirror and really feel feel the love of God, like really saying, "Man." I love the same person that God loves. Like I am, I am, I mm. will give and do yeah. anything for her. I want to just love her as she mm. is, all her flaws, all her weaknesses, all her inconsistencies, all her beauty and successes and failures. Man, I love that chick. You know, being able to genuinely see that in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, God, I see why you love her. I see it like, you know, being able to genuinely Mm. say that, Mm -hmm. like and feel it. That is the love of God, you know, not just wrong, but that maybe there's more truth here to what's, you know, to self-love and self-care and those things. It may be more doctrine that supports self-compassion than more than self-hate and self-condemnation, you know? Yeah. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I understand the context where people, I think, as you were sharing, like, you know, open up your mind and have a greater understanding. The concept of knowing you're not greater than God, absolutely not. But understanding who he created. As you know, he created it. And when he said it, he said it was good, you know, in biblical context. If you go into the beginning of the very book, it says in the very beginning, when he created man, when he created woman, it was good. good. He was proud with it. It was all good. So good in his eyesight is perfectly perfect the way he wants it, you know. And and the thing about it is, again, going back to (laughs) biblical doctrine, Yes, it was all good, but it didn't mean that sin or darkness wasn't there. You know, when Eve ate that fruit that God said, if you eat that fruit, that tree of knowledge, that means that she, if she ate from that tree of knowledge, she would know she would lose her innocence. When you're when you're innocent and pure, you mm-hmm. don't see the duality of good or bad. You just enjoy life. And God wanted to sustain that purity that innocence. And as soon as they ate from that fruit, as soon as they ate from that tree, it was, oh my God, we're naked. Oh my God, we got to hide from God. It's shame. It's criticism. It's all of that. Those, I'm not worthy. Like that's what came after that. You know, the tree of knowledge just gave them more insight and awareness to that duality that was already happening. But God had already set it up to protect us from what was existing already, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it's just, yeah. it's yeah. just, again, 
we have to understand like and really drop into what does the love of God mean for real in our everyday practice and how we treat ourselves? What does that look like? You know, yes. and I just I lost my whole inner circle mm-hmm. of friends. It was just I started hearing all the stuff they were saying and doing during that time. And I just couldn't believe it. Then I had to realize that I curated a lot of my friendships through trauma bonding. And if you or anybody else don't know what trauma bonding is, please Google it because you realize just how much you 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 build friendships out of trauma more than out of love. And so then I had to realize, man, most of my friendships can meet me in ego more than in love. It's not because they don't love me. But they just haven't built up or invested in the skill sets to love in the way that I have. We're in two different journeys. And so I had to build up. It was all the way up into January where I had to really go through this depression. I was sleeping in my parents' bed for months because I did not want to face a world Mm -hmm. that only valued you if you're hustling, if you're grinding, you're winning, getting money, you know, you're you know, you're just this vanity. And I was just like, what, how am I value in the world? You know, spreading consciousness, spreading well-being and love and healing. The world don't value this, you know? And so God told me, oh, no, I'm, trust me, trust me, trust me. You're, you're pre- preparing or something is about to happen and I'm helping you experience, you're going to experience before some, so many other women experience it. And January, January hit wow. seeing the turn of my of the anxiety and depression that came from being in the hospital, came from losing all my, the not losing, but having to release all my friendships, you know, the close the close ones that I had. And, you know, and then February hits, then March hits. And when March hits, it was just this boom of gratitude, of love and joy. And then I'm seeing Kobe passing away and I'm seeing this virus happen. And I'm like, God, oh, this ain't about me. This ain't Mm -hmm. about me. Life is way probably bigger than what I really understand it as. And I'm just going to say thank you for this emotional state that I have. Thank you for me having a real belief that everything is good. And that everything is going to get better no matter what it looks like. I thank you for that. Use use it for your glory and for me to serve the people that I'm called to. Because I know now that I won't ever Mm. fit in. Period. I know now. And fitting in is no longer... I mean, just hearing you say that, that's something that, you know, growing up as a kid, as a child, you think you want to fit in or like, well, what's wrong? Why is it not working? But fitting in should never be the desire anyway, right? (laughs) But we live in a society that conditions us like in every way to fit in. And if you feel if you feel different, then something's wrong with you and you have to figure out and cope in conscious and subconscious ways to how to navigate fitting in. And sometimes you don't know you're doing it. I was creating some of the most amazing right. things and did not know that yeah. I was trauma bonding, that I was emotionally and spiritually wow. burnt out with my friends. 
you know, because I was constantly meeting them with when not I wasn't being met on a spiritual, emotional, and mental level, you know, and it was it was it was a quite an awakening. It was quite awakening, but I'm just now, you know, feeling like immense gratitude. It's hmm. like a physical. It built your mental space. Yes. For what's and I'm not, on now to be able I'm to not be the only one. There's other there's other people nope. that like yep, same, same. Yep. Like people yep. people yep. that were over the money system, over the like <laughs> just disenchanted with the way the society has set life up, you know, and robbed mm-hmm. people of yeah. the human experience to connect, to love, to enjoy life and you know, there were other people disenchanted in 2019 was forcing us into a space that just broke us down to, I guess, not depend on it or, or trust it. Because now we're seeing systems that brought us a sense of security and stability. We're starting to witness that they're just as fragile as a relationship, a loved one, a job, you know, your health. You know, we're starting to yeah. see this is not something yeah. you put your trust in. Who am I? We, yeah, we're forced to ask absolutely. questions now. Who am I without my hustle? Who am I without my work ethic? Who am I without my nine to five? Who am I with all this time? Who am I without banks? Without cash? Who mm-hmm. are you? Really taking the time to know and recognize who you are. But most importantly, what you said is very important for people to pay attention. So use this time to answer that question. So use this time and not be distracted heavily by what's happening that you don't really see the reason why it's happening. You know what I mean? And being able to really take that time to say, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? I um, did a posting uh, once about how I was cleaning out my pantry looking for something to eat and I seen a couple of things that was expired. And I said, you know, Wow, it didn't even look like it was expired. It still looked mm-hmm. good. You know, the packaging looked good. Everything was still put together. And then it dawned on me and it said, you know, how many gifts do we have as people that we're not using? How many gifts are we just keeping over to the side that God put inside of us for his purpose? Not for us to save up like I use it when I want to or not even paying attention to know what's mm-hmm. even there. Mm-hmm. And this time is that opportunity to really look within oneself and really Mm -hmm. reconnect reconnect with the source you know reconnect with your creator reconnect with God and say okay I am paying attention I need to hear your voice because right now is no excuse for people not to really dig deep within to figure it out if they have the you know mental capacity and you touched on about 2019 being such a tough year for you, you know, and as you said, many people can relate. Yes, I know some people that can relate. 2019 wasn't a walk in the park for myself, you know. However, I will say that it somebody probably still had it worse. You know what I mean? Somebody didn't make it through 2019. So coming from a space of gratitude and being able to look back and say, oh, it wasn't a walk in the park, but God sustained me. And being able to look back, as you said, and say, man, it was for such a reason or such a time as this, Mm -hmm. you know, and 
looking at the world today. A lot of people, because of such a shock and it's such a sudden turn and change, that kind of throws people off. So what are some pointers that you can share, Tony, that has over your experiences been able to help you? You know, I looked at your bio and you had something that related to the work. You know, and different things that help you get to where you are. What are some ways that people can really get grounded? Because everybody is still today. Stillness is very present. So how can people get grounded and really heal at this time while the world is dealing with this pandemic that is called the coronavirus? What is it that people are, what are ways people can really stay healthy at this time and really stay grounded and you know what are well, your thoughts I definitely think that um one of the things that helped me navigate 2019 was having someone you trust with your real thoughts with your real fears with your real shame um having someone to talk to that you trust with that it's so important. It is what helped me. I don't know if that is the solution for everybody else, but it helped me tremendously. I have a dear friend named Margie. And when I say I did not know it could be this good, I didn't know that I could have a friendship like this. But when I was when I released all of those other friendships, you know, and made peace with that transition. The friendship that I had with her blew up. It just blew up. And I was just like, wow. And so having someone that you trust to talk to about what's coming up for you during this time, you know, um, I would say the second thing is embracing the stillness with curiosity. Don't try and just numb it with tasks and to-do lists in the home, getting to old projects. It's cool if you want to declutter the pantry or organize some things, get to some bills and filing papers. That's fine. I think that's really good to get to things that you procrastinated, but don't let that consume your day, consume your mind just to, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, just, you just transition your business from outside into inside, like actually get present with the ugliness and the uncomfortability of just being still, you know, ask yourself questions, journal, like, who am I now? Like, what if, the world is ending. What if the world is not ending, but my attachment to the way it was is ending? You know, it's like asking, being curious, being open to being curious while you're in this stillness. Um, play and pleasure is important. I think it's an amazing time to reconnect and reestablish a healthy relationship with play and pleasure because as a as Americans or people living in Western societies, you know, play and pleasure is shamed upon. It's something that you put off. It's like, okay, now that I'm, I've played all weekend. Oh, I got to get back to the grind. Like play is something that is not a lifestyle, you know? And so I think that people, I think another thing that helped me was definitely like embracing play and pleasure as an actual lifestyle. Um, and, What's an example of um, play and pleasure play and pl for people that's at home and you can't leave um, out right now? A yeah, lot of people. Um, I, I, I would say, okay, and this may sound, you know, esoteric or whatever, but just taking your time to enjoy your food. I'm, I was talking to a, mm. I was talking to a friend <laughs> named, uh, uh, she's a, 
a plant-based chef, dessert chef. And she said she just took her time to eat a banana, you know, 10 minutes. And just, yeah. she was just like in awe of like the smell and the texture. Like she was fully present because yeah. what happens when you do that, you exercise yeah. the muscle to be present with your child, with your husband, with a loved one, with an activity, with an email or shower. Like instead of being in the shower and having your brain on everything else that needs to get done, you when you just take your time to get present, you exercise the muscle to be present with everything else. And one of so for me that um, I call that a pleasure practice. And so like every week I practice pleasure. So now that I'm in the home, it can look like me going on a walk in the nature and like actually being in that space. Like, what am I seeing? What am I smelling? What am I experiencing? What do I want to think about? What conversations do I want to have? You know, while you're on that trail walk, like, you know, so it's just being present with feeling good, like. I also would say question journal like uh, question prompts for your journaling. Like um, the curiosity is something that I really encourage people to in- lean into. Don't be scared of what comes up. Don't be scared to ask questions. Mm. Like it's it's it leads. It's like a portal of possibility and um, freedom. So staying curious. Don't get attached to knowing that you know a thing, you know, because trust me, there's more, there's always more there. Even to what I'm saying, you, somebody may practice it and discover more to that practice, you know? Um, And so play. Absolutely. Play and pleasure. I like the way you phrased it. And even to that point, the example you gave was really nice about enjoying your food. I remember reading um, Oprah Winfrey's book, What I Know For Sure. And that book was just refreshing within itself. And, you know, that was pleasurable for me of just reading the book and just she shares different sentiments of what she's learned in life. Then one piece she touched on was that very thing of how she just takes the time to taste her coffee, takes the time to enjoy her food and the taste of it, you know, the taste buds that we have, just having that moment of gratitude of our taste. Like when I started my pleasure (laughs) practice in January, I cried the first time I did it because I was like, how much of me have I missed out on? It was so humble wow. yeah. because it's, it's a sense yeah. that you get like life is really a gift when you get present with the simple things, yes. you know? And so it's a very humbling mm-hmm. experience to actually get a sense that life is really good in the way we have branded our experiences and the way society has branded life doesn't really define what it really is. And so, um, so yeah, I was I was just say those suggestions. Um, for- What's your favorite book, Tony? Because I know a lot of people have time to do audible books, you know, and read at this time. What are some of your go to books? <sighs> oh my god! First of all, I I don't know if this is good or bad, but I I really do have an addiction to self help books. Like, um, but I, I love them too. I, I really want. <laughs> I don't I really read I, nothing else. The Bible yeah, is self-help like, books. I really, I really <laughs> want to get more into like fiction and 
books, like just books to read for fun. You know how when you were little, you read books just for fun? Like, I really want to do that. But um, right now. But self-help books are fun to me. They're good, but it, it, it keeps me. It, it, but yes, yes, because I love them. It keeps, keeps your mind working. mind working and um, it keeps yeah, me yeah, in the yeah. place of like, I have to be constantly fixing something or like, and I don't want that. Like, I want to feel just full enjoyment sometimes just from doing goal list things, you know, that just yeah, purely yeah. bring me pleasure yeah. and joy, you know? Um, so, yeah, but I will say, um, I will say the book that I'm reading now that... I don't even care. I can't even say this is my favorite book, but it's the book that I'm into right now. And it's the energy of money. And um, the reason why I'm reading that book, I've been reading that book all year. And I said I will spend a year reading it. It's not a long book. It's just it's touching on some of the unhealthy stories and relationship I have with money. So I'm just being gentle with myself and pacing myself with reading it because it's hitting places that I'm like annoyed with so that I'm reading I'm reading um psalms right now I read a page a day Uh, I mean I read a chapter a day um since January and that has been phenomenal girl I read one scripture a week ago in psalms that said that the common man is a vapor the important man is an illusion if you put both of those men um if you put the common man and the important man on a scale, is it weighs less than a vapor. The the lady that I've I've been studying lately is her name is Tasha Silver, T O S H A Silver, and she she, she when okay. I first came across her she she says like if you found me God led you to me she was like it's not something you can't Google she was like you can't Google me she's not famous she's not you know, mainstream known, but she is a force and she just helped me so much last year. Like my goodness, she brings the heat. You hear me? And, um, she debunks so many of the the mythology, not mythologies, but philosophies that we have when it comes to self-help and, you know, pursuing growth. She really debunks a lot of the, some of the philosophies around that and, how we really are to drop into our trust in God and release the attachment to our desires, not to stop desiring, but release the attachment to them. So, um, so that I was saying that Tasha Silver really helps you drop into trusting and surrendering to God and being less attached yeah. to your desires, not removing the desire, but releasing your attachment, like offering, like she's big on surrendering and making offering at the altar all the things that you're attached to. So, um, so yeah. So Tasha's. Okay. Oh, and what is her, what is it that she does or what is her, um, has books. Oh, her books. Oh my God. She has this prayer book. It's a book of prayers. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Yeah. So Tasha silver and the other book that I, the book that I'm reading right now is called the energy of money by Maria Nemeth. N E M E. TH. So she's dope. You can get that off Amazon. Okay. Okay, you guys, you got those nuggets. Those are some things that you can use. I mean, we gave a whole plethora of resources. And another book I'm thinking of as you were sharing about attachments is by Marion Wilson 
and she talks or I believe the name of the book is Return mm. to Love. And that book was profound for me. I love that book. It was very essential about learning what love is, the purpose of life, and how, you know, so many things like pain, hurt, rejection, all of that is associated with attachments. It's associated with expectations. And she talks about how you should detach from expectations. It's good. That's amazing. I'm going to have to check it out. Oh, yes. Well, I think I said her name wrong. It is Marianne Williamson. 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 Yep. Okay, Tony. Well, I am just overjoyed that we had this opportunity to come together and have this conversation. Thank you again for joining us today. It has been such a profound experience. Your journey, your story, and your transparency today has just been a wealth of knowledge, inspiration, and most importantly, as we listen to your music and we are encouraged by what you're saying and what you affirm, we have to be intentional about lifting you you up in prayer. Because as I listened to you and I was sharing, your album became, I learned of it by the end of last year, having no clue of what you were going through, having no clue of the space you were going through at that time. And you were being used to be encouraging to somebody else at that time while you were going through your own personal experiences. So that leads me to share. We have to remember to lift you up in prayer too. Lifting you up in prayer for great things you're doing and stay encouraged. Absolutely. And how else can we support you, Tony? What else can we do to lift you You up and encourage um, you? Yeah, I I would definitely say, you know, just share the album, buy the album, stream the album. That gives gives back to me in so many ways. Um, I'm actually having Wife Your Life Facebook circle group so you can find me there you can contribute to that space because just get being a part following someone on instagram or following them on facebook you know just give back like even if it's not just me giving back sharing in the group sharing online it just helps people feel that much more connected when you're just not following and scrolling or taking from their space when they're when they're of service online you know they're here to serve or they can go to my website wifecomma.com and scroll down and subscribe or fill out the client form um, I also have the link for coaching in my Instagram bio so so that's how they can give back and contribute because that, that it's an exchange you know so Absolutely. I mean, the many ways that you offer your support services, ladies, you want to jump on it beyond the album, because I can tell you after you hear the album and you go to her website, you're going to be like, man, how can I get into this? How can I gain insight and knowledge to really help change my mindset as you mentioned or as you phrase it, mindset styling? All right. Blessings and you all stay encouraged during this time. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. 
the culture of an American classic city.